evening, everybody, and welcome to Talk of Philly Sports with Manny B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. What was the last week and a half in Philadelphia sports? It is me and you tonight. We're going to talk Phillies. We're going to talk Flyers. We're going to talk Sixers. And, of course, we're going to talk Eagles. And where do I start? Well, I guess we can start with the most popular thing in town these days. Oh, by the way, let me regress and tell you and say uh, it's great to be back. Uh, I've been gone for a little bit. Uh, I did four podcasts uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a lot. Took a little break last week, kind of get back to living. And then uh, figured it was time to hop back on and have a lot of great stuff kind of lined up for the future. I got a podcast tonight, obviously, that we're going to do and got some guests in the works that we're trying to get kind of pinned down. And then we'll continue talking great Philly sports and great things that Philly sports are, and that is, of course, entertainment and drama. Let's face it, drama. So, as I said, let's start at the top of the list, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the last time we spoke, the Philadelphia Eagles were without a head coach, and there was a lot of theories around why Doug Peterson was fired, resigned, parting of the ways, whatever it was you believe happened between Doug and management and why Howie Roseman is still here and the level of meddling that Howie and Jeff Laurie are allegedly involved in this team. Well, the rabbit hole is getting deeper and it's getting very deeper. And it really does not concern Howie anymore, really, or Jeff, because one of the things that have kind of come from this, which to me is really interesting, is that in all the meddling, and all the bad drafting, it seems that everybody's responsible on this team, except for Howie Roseman. The rumors and the reports that Jeff Lurie was the one that pushed for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and that Jalen Hurts was, or Jalen, excuse me, not Hurts, but Rager, Jalen Rager, was Doug Peterson's choice in the first round last year. All, all of these things have scapegoated Howie right out, you know, and, and – I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some to it. I don't know. Maybe Howie's not a bad drafter. Maybe uh, maybe the people around Howie are. Maybe Howie's a company guy. I don't know. And, and he didn't want to go against the grain. I don't really know. But <laughs> I do know that Howie is still here, and Jeffrey is still here, and we do now have a new head coach. That is right. We hired a guy. That's really. Best way to describe him, because up until the Eagles named him the head coach, which was probably about a week ago, I had no idea who this guy was. His name is Nick Sirianni. Sariani. Sirianni, I believe, is his name. Nick Sirianni. He comes through us via the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, last year, he was the 
offensive coordinator under Frank Reich, making him the first head coach in the Frank Reich coaching tree. Now, there's a lot of things you can think about this hire, and let's get right to it. Apparently, allegedly, Nick Sirianni was on vacation down in Florida when Jeff Lurie called him and asked him if he wanted to interview for the position. And Nick said, of course, I want to. I mean, who wouldn't, right? So Nick flew on out or got in a car wherever he was in Florida. I guess they were kind of close by and showed up at the at the Lori compound, uh, armed with nothing but maybe a pair of shorts, T-shirt, and sandals because allegedly a suit wasn't required because Nick was on vacation and didn't have a suit. So Jeffrey said, don't worry about it, man. Come on by. Have a seat. We'll, we'll chat. And um, we'll see what's up. So he interviewed, and the interview ended, and he went off about his way pretty much under the radar. I mean, I know that there was some reports that he he would interviewed, but when you look at the popular picks or you look at the guys that a lot of people really targeted and thought <clears throat> were going to be Eagles head coaches, Nick Sirianni was kind of like one of those filler names that, you know, let's just kind of make, make sure we're doing our due diligence and checking everybody out. The name that kept – rising to the top and this was um about i think i first heard about it on the 16th of january was that josh mcdaniels who of course is the offensive coordinator for bill belichick and the patriots had this marathon 18 hour interview with jeff Lurie, and allegedly he was the front runner and allegedly he was the guy that won the day so to speak so the entire city was bracing for a potential Josh McDaniels head coach, Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator, and Adam Gase, offensive coordinator staff. Well, that didn't come to fruition. And in fact, Nick Sirianni of the Indianapolis Colts did get the position. Now, Nick is a relatively unknown guy. Um, as I said, he comes to us from the Indianapolis Colts where he served under um, – Frank Reich for the last two seasons. You can kind of theorize any way you want about what this is. The big popular thing in town is that he's here to fix Carson Wentz. And that coming from the Frank Reich tree, um, because Frank Reich had the most success and really the only success with Carson Wentz, that Nick Sirianni was pretty much brought here to be the, I guess, I don't want to say the poor man's Frank Reich or that Frank Reich light or the Frank Reich 3.0, but there's a theory about that. And there's a theory that that's what he's here to do is to fix Carson Wentz. Now, I would like to caution everybody who has that theory with this. It is not Carson, it is not just Carson Wentz that's wrong with this football team. I mean, there's 52 other people on this team that suck. <laughs> Let's face it. Uh, fixing Carson Wentz would be great. But if you ain't going to put any weapons around them, if you ain't going to get them an offensive line, if you ain't going to figure out why this team is so damn off injured, I don't care who you got standing back there. Carson Wentz reborn, Joe Montana reborn, John Elway reborn, whatever you, whoever you want to call it, it ain't going to matter. So to think that Nick Sirianni is this quarterback whisperer and this Carson Wentz healer, I you know, I'm not really sold on that. I'm not. I really am not. Because I, I truly honestly believe Carson Wentz will not even be here 
when we start the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles season. I really don't think he will be. Um, but I guess in the off chance he is, I guess we got a guy that, that can be there to assist in the fixing of Carson Wentz. And this has been a narrative that has gone around and around and around the Philadelphia sports talk show landscape over the past week and a half. And boy, am I sick of it. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. And then, of course, the more the reports are coming out more and more that Carson Wentz was cancer in the locker room. He was toxic. He did not want to listen. He was the problem. He was uncoachable. He was all those things. And his character has come under a lot of, like, like attack. You know, maybe he's not the ginger Jesus we all thought he was. Maybe he's a prima donna. Maybe he's a selfish SOB who thought he was all that in a bag And now here we are. Year five, he's benched and possibly on his way out. So I don't know. A lot is coming out, a lot of alleged stuff, but we'll see. But Nick Sirianni is the new Eagle head coach. And since his hiring, he has begun to kind of construct his staff. He has brought on a few other people, and we, we, he started to put a staff together. Uh, Shane Stitchin is going to be the offensive coordinator. Brian Johnson is the quarterback's coach. Jason Michael, the tight ends coach. Jeff Stoutland has been retained as the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach. And Kevin Palladio is the pass game coordinator. Now, one of the common things, and actually, you know what, I'll give you the defensive staff up to date as well. Jonathan Gannon is going to be our new defensive coordinator, and Tracy Rocker is our new defensive line coach. One of the commonalities of this staff, to include our head coach, is that everybody's under the age of 40, 39 and lower. Now, there are no 20-somethings yet, but all 30-somethings. So definitely a new breed, a new voice, a new um, wind, so to speak, of how they want to go about coaching. And I'm actually down with that. I really am. Um, I truly am because here we sit on January 27th. And for those of you who've been living under a rock and don't know this, that the Kansas city chiefs are getting ready to square off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Super Bowl 55 in about a week and a half. It's good to see young blood, the next potential Andy Reed, you know, the next potential Nick Sirianni coaching tree, whatever you have. I kind of like that. I'm kind of on board with it. I was on board with Doug Peterson being hired. Now, whether or not the Doug Peterson hiring was a last ditch, you know what? He's the best of what's wanting to come here because there's been a lot of reports that happened again this time that a lot of the top candidates didn't want this job because of the potential meddling issues between Howie and Doug or Howie and Jeffrey. I don't know, but I do like it. I like the no-name guy. I like the fresh young dude coming out, trying to make a name for himself. Now, of course, there's a lot of things that are going to have to f- sort of fall in, right? You know, are the reports that Jeff and Howie are meddlers? Are they true? Is Nick Sirianni here to be a puppet? Was he brought here because he could be controlled the most? I mean, all that stuff is yet to be determined. But I know for personal reasons, if I was the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts or any NFL team, 
rising star up and coming. I'm not going to compromise my principles and who I am for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know if that's what Nick Sirianni is. I don't. We've never even heard the man speak yet, other than a leaked phone call that the Eagles PR people put out on their website of the moment that Jeff Lurie, you know, offered him the position. But we don't know about his character. We don't know that, has he made a deal with the devil to come here? We don't know that. Time will tell. But I know personally I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I know it's a chance of a lifetime, an NFL head coach, right? But if I'm a rising star and I'm cutting my way through the wilderness and I'm in my 30s, what the hell do I got? I'm, you know what? I'll wait for the job, the, the perfect one to come around. I got that. Because, Nick, there's a there's a other side to that sword that a lot of people don't really talk about. If he is a yes man and he is a puppet and he's coming here to be a puppet, well, if it fails, he'll be tarnished forever. And he may never, ever, ever get a job as an NFL head coach. But if he comes in his way with his guns blazing and it doesn't work out, maybe he gets another job. I don't know. But as I mentioned, we haven't even heard him speak. There's not even an announcement of when they're going to do the introductory press conference. Obviously, it's going to be a must watch and a must listen. So more to follow on that. As soon as they do do an introductory press conference, I will definitely be coming back on to a pod, hopefully with a special guest. And we will cut up that that press conference because it probably will be really, really interesting. It'll probably turn into <laughs> a because it's going to be Howie and Jeffrey together. It, it better be. It should be. The owner is always there to introduce the new head coach of his football team. So this could be really fun. So we'll definitely stay tuned for that. Now, one other notable note from Nick Sirianni's new coaching staff, Brian Johnson. Now, Brian Johnson is the guy that the Eagles have brought on to be the quarterback's coach. Well, Brian Johnson's last job was with the Florida State Seminoles, and he was their offensive coordinator. Interesting factoid about Mr. Brian Johnson. He has known Jalen Hurts since he was four years old. And he was involved in recruiting Jalen out of high school. Interesting factoid. Interesting piece of knowledge that the conspiracists or the conspiracy theorists <laughs> might, might throw a whole, uh, you know, a wrench in their works. Because here we go. We got the Jalen Hurts whisperer coming on the staff to be the quarterback's coach. To have direct responsibility and direct contact with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. So definitely something to pay attention to. Now, as far as the previous coaching staff, the, the, the other big name, um, obviously, you know, Doug fired. Jim Schwartz resigned, taking a year off, allegedly might retire. Dave Phipp has decided to move on, our special teams coordinator, he is going to be going on to greener pastures with the Detroit Lions and their cut the kneecaps off new head coach, Dan Campbell. Now, that's really great. Good luck, Dave. I hope you have a lot better success with that special teams group than you had with this one, right? Rich Scangarillo, who was one of the many offensive, I don't know, hands in the pot guys this past season, has moved back. Uh, where he came from with the 49ers. He'll be their quarterback's coach. 
Justin Peel, our former tight ends coach, is now with the Atlanta Falcons. Marnie Morwinger has uh, just left. They're not even uh, – he just is not going to be retained. So he's – so far, no follow-on assignment for Marty, but he's gone from here. Press Taylor, our passing game coordinator and our quarterbacks coach, not being retained. No word on where he may end up as well. But the big name and the most controversial name on the outgoing coaching staff list, of course, is that of Deuce Staley, long-term, long-time Philadelphia Eagle uh, player, long-time Philadelphia Eagle running back coach under uh, Andy and Chip and Doug, was elevated to the assistant head coach position uh, within the last couple of seasons under Doug. Well, Deuce was not hired on as the head coach. Now, the big story about Deuce coming out this year was that he deserved the opportunity to come here and be, or to be elevated. Uh, he paid his dues. He, he deserved it to be the next head coach in the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't agree. And I don't agree for one very important reason. Deuce represents the old. He represents the Andy Reid era. He represents the Chip Kelly era. He represents the Doug Peterson era. It is time to not roll this thing back. It is time to blow this thing up. And that's how you blow it up. And now, unfortunately, Deuce, who is allegedly revered by current former players he's coached and teammates he's been with as one of as an outstanding guy. And I don't doubt that at all. <clears throat> Big fan of Deuce Staley. Ever since, you know, before the pickle juice game. Been a huge fan of him. Enjoyed seeing him and his energy on that Eagle sideline for years. But it was time to move on. It was time to move on for both parties. It was time for Deuce to find greener pastures elsewhere, and he has. Uh, he's now part of the Detroit Lion coaching staff with Dan Campbell and um, Dave Phipp. And I don't doubt that one day Deuce will be a head coach in this league. I don't. But I just don't think it was the right time here in Philadelphia. It's time for the Eagles to figure this thing out in a whole nother direction. So Deuce is gone. That's been a real controversial topic over the last week and a half, why it wasn't Deuce and, and all that. But I think if you look deep into this, yeah, race has been brought up. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Honestly, I don't. I just think that it's time right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, Deuce Daly, to move on. Uh, Deuce needs to figure out more experience, get more, a different viewpoint. And the Eagles need to need all new voices, right? So a lot going on with the Eagles. Now, obviously, we're, we haven't even got into the player movement yet. We're not even there yet. We, we have yet to even get to that point. We're still stuck in January, for God's sakes. I mean, the playoffs are still happening. <laughs> but we have a lot to talk about, about the Eagles and their head coaching staff. And as I said, as soon as Eagles have their introductory press conference, I will schedule a guest to come on. And those of you can guess who that guest is, get a cookie. It's a pretty obvious answer there. I'm not going to say who, but it's pretty obvious. Um, and we'll talk about that with him. So looking forward to that. Always entertaining when it comes to the Eagles this offseason. And, and as me and Kyle Quinn said a few weeks back, stay tuned. This is going to be a bumpy. This is going to be an epic bumpy offseason. So Kudos to the Philadelphia Eagles as we are moving forward into 21 with a new coach. And welcome uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, our new head coach, Rick uh, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> it's going to take me a minute. I hope I learn a guy's name before he gets fired. I really do. So 
All right, moving on to the other hot topic in town this week, or since, I guess, January 13th, the orange and the black. That's right. So as we last left you, the Flyers had gotten off to a very uninspiring 2-0 start with um, back-to-back victories at home against the Penguins in games where, to be honest with you, it was a team trending in one direction against a team trending in the other direction. Um, the Flyers did not outplay the Pittsburgh Penguins in no stretch of the stretch of the word. They did not. Matter of fact, uh, if it wasn't for the heroics of Carter Hart in those games, I don't think the Flyers the Flyers would have definitely lost the second game against the Penguins because they were just pilfered in the shot department. But they were able to kind of just rise above because they are a better team and beat them. Well, since then. And since we last talked, the Flyers have gone 2-2-1 two, two, and one, and in some really uninspiring losses. And they have been victim, and this is really, I've, I'm really tired of talking about this thread. I'm tired of talking about what this, this topic represents in this town these days. Injuries. Man, they're decimated. Uh, we know that Sean Couturier, sometime early in game two, went down with a rib injury. Okay. Boom. He's off. Yeah. He's out. And he's not due to back. They're talking, you know, this is about a week and a half ago. They're looking at another two weeks potentially for him to be out of the lineup dealing with some rib issues. Right. Of course, then we also got the Shane Gosses for COVID thing. Now he has been since cleared to play. As a matter of fact, the uh, last night against the devils, he made his debut to help a very besieged defensive core who, um, Let's face it, it's been bad. It's been real bad. So we kind of catch you up on the flyer injury situation, right? And it, it is pretty extensive. And it's pretty, pretty, pretty um, impactful. So, again, I mentioned Sean Couturier. Well, so Sean Couturier was out of the lineup. We moved Morgan Frost into his spot. Frost literally went in his first game against the Sabres and got hurt. Dislocated his left shoulder in that first game. Yes. Now, also in the Sean Couturier game, Phil Myers, one of our more better defensemen, also got hurt and was shelved. His replacement, Mark Friedman, came out and he got banged up. And he is now listed officially as day-to-day. So it has been a standard revolving door of injuries for this team. And then also... The lackluster play of Carter Hart. Yes, I said it. I did. You heard me say it. I'm not afraid to. I'm not. No one's going to strike me down. The hockey guys ain't coming after me. Carter Hart has not been playing well. Now, disclaimer, Carter Hart's defense, the defense in front of him is garbage, okay? We already took a very young decor uh, with the loss of Matt Niskin in the offseason due to retirement. We did not address it. We did not address that good enough. The Flyers went out and signed Gustafson and Derek um, Pilat. Okay. Pilat, of course, is more of a minor leaguer than anything else. As a matter of fact, he is with the Phantoms. And Gustafson has been hot trash on the blue line for us. He's got some O numbers. But as far as what, what I want him to do and what I need him to do and what role I believe he served on this team as a mentor and a developer of some of our young defensemen, he has been 
hot garbage. And matter of fact, he was a scratch last night. Our defense has been very bad. Obviously, you factor in COVID with Shane Gossesphere and you factor in the loss of Phil Myers. It hasn't been well. And then Mark Freeman, of course, day to day. So now, as I mentioned, Shane Gossesphere is back in the lineup. He provided somewhat of a spark last night. But if we're relying on Shane Gossesphere to come in and save our defense, boy, we're in a lot of trouble. And there's a lot of flyer purists out there right now. You know, a lot of homers. Let's face it, a lot of homers. I'm, I'm, I'm not a homer. I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what it's, what, what it is. I'm gonna talk real about my teams. Okay, I don't care about the Flyers winning the East, whatever they're calling their new division this year. I don't care about them uh, getting past the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I care about winning Stanley Cups. I care about winning Vince Lombardi trophies for the Eagles. I, ca- I care about Larry O'Brien trophies in the Sixers. I, I care about I care about the Commissioner's Trophy for the Phillies. I do in the World Series. That's all I care about. I don't want to hear this nonsense. Well, they're good enough to make the playoffs. Oh well, they're they're good enough to make a run, you know, for the championship. But I just don't think they're good enough to win. I don't I don't I don't I don't want to hear that crap. I want to hear about Stanley Cup championships. I want to hear about championships. And right now, as expected and as advertised, I didn't go into the season thinking the Flyers are going to win a Stanley Cup. I didn't. I, I believe they're on a two-year, the second year of a three-year plan. Now, that third year may take them to a Stanley Cup. I don't know. But there's still a lot of pieces on this team that yet have yet to be defined. There's still a lot of young, raw talent on this team that still needs to be cultivated. And I believe they made a killer, disastrous decision not to address Matt Niskanen's retirement in the offseason. Now, whether that was because of cap problems, whether that was because teams coming out of a COVID playoff run and a potential, which of course now is reality of no fans in the stands, at least to start the season, you know, dealing with revenue issues. I don't know if teams are not really opening up their purse strings. Maybe they're also reluctant to trade for players, especially ones with expiring contracts. I don't know the landscape of that. I don't know the business of that or the economics of that. Obviously, you can see it for yourself. You can theorize why they might not have done it or brought in a veteran guy. I don't, you probably have your own theory. And it probably nests in with what I just said. But they did nothing really to address a component of their hockey team that they knew more than anybody else how important he was. Maybe not necessarily for his play. Now, he was a solid blue liner. He's a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, he's not Bork, but he was solid. And what he provided our younger players in terms of mentorship and development, I think was something that we are sorely underestimating its loss. And right now we are kind of floundering, okay? The Flyers are currently sitting at 4-2 and 1. Uh they are they won last night in a really in a game they really needed to win. But I'm going to throw a stat out at you which is extremely extremely glaring and disturbing to me. Through the first what? 4-2 and 1 through the first 7 games. The Flyers are being outshot 325 to 225. 
So they are being outshot by 100 shots to their opponents. Now, last night, they only gave up 26. Really good. Um, I guess a very good young Devils team. But we got to find a way to flip that. You know, our goalies, again, you know, we got a young goalie in Carter Hart who, for those of you who did not see it, I suggest you get out there and search down this video the other night in Boston where the Flyers were blown out. Carter Hart had a rare moment of frustration, lost his cool, lost his temper, and went at it with uh, – went to destroy his goal, his goalie stick on the, uh, on the top of the net. And you know what? Good for you, Carter. Good for you, brother. Get it out there, man. And that really shows me a lot about your character, that you're a competitive guy and that you want to win and that you're not happy with, A, your play and probably, B, the play of your team in front of you. So I don't know what the Flyers fix is. I don't know if continuously developing these players through this shortened season is what the fix is. I don't know. Or if moving Shane Goss's fear or moving a draft pick or a prospect. I don't know the answer to these questions. But the Flyers are going to have to figure something out. they got to bring in a stabilizing force in that blue line. If they don't, that... Three-year plan that I spoke of, well, it might go a little further.